Now there are answers. Welcome to Live Prayer. And welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Friday evening. I pray it's been a great day for you. It's good to be together once again. If you're new to the program, you are watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Wherever you're watching me tonight throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, from border to border, thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen. LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. 24 plus years of great ministry content, all produced at Live Prayer, a very easy to navigate site, everything free, thousands upon thousands of hours of content. That's no joke. Check it out, liveprayer.com. So I pray you have a good day today. If you're a normal Monday through Friday person, one of those rare dinosaurs still out there, I uh, hope it was a good week for you. By the way, just to get it out of the way, because I know I'm going to get emails all night long. There you go. Ohio State. Anybody that's watched this program for any length of time, read my devotionals, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, went to Ohio State in the mid-70s, uh, majored in broadcast journalism, not because I thought I would be doing this someday, but uh, <laughs> as God had it, preparing me for way down the road. But uh, for everybody in Buckeye Nation, a uh, couple games left, and uh, we will be looking forward to a big win tomorrow night over Michigan State. Uh, four things I should do for me each time the program. First, pray for me and the ministry. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Your prayers make a difference. Please never think for a second. They don't. Second, Share the daily devotion with people you know. Encourage them to sign up. It's free, like everything in live prayer. I've written it every morning for over 24 years now. It's our main ministry tool. All they have to do is go to my homepage, up right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link, follow the simple instructions, and they will start getting it in their email each and every day. Third, of course, is this TV program. Please encourage people to watch the program. Uh, it is unique, as you know. We cover more content in a night than most programs cover in a week. Some in a month, to be blunt with you. Uh, so tell people about the program. Your sharing the program with people keeps our numbers increasing each and every month. Thank you so much. Last of all, as we're heading into the final seven weeks of 2023, Please pray about a special year-end gift to live prayer. If you go to my website, the first thing you'll notice, there's no, there's no uh, advertising. I don't sell books. I don't sell tapes. We don't do concerts. We don't do tours. We don't do cruises. We don't do uh, weekend uh, events. We are a ministry 24-7 online, and we walk by faith every second of every day. We've been here for 30 years now, 24 plus online, almost 21 years on TV because of the prayers and support of friends like you. 
I would ask you to please pray about a year-end gift to live prayer, especially if you don't give during the year. Make a one-time gift at the end of the year. It's 100% tax deductible. Tax deductible. Just go to my homepage again, upper right-hand corner. Click on the donation link. Our address in St. Petersburg, Florida is there. If you want to just slip something in the mail. Also a link to our credit card portal if that's more convenient. All right. So let's have a word of prayer. We will get going. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for bringing us to the end of another week. Lord, I pray for my friends tonight who are with me. Minister to them, their families, their needs. Meet those needs for your glory, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful day that you've blessed us with. All of the blessings we've known throughout the day. And now, Lord, as we commit this hour to you, use it for your glory. Speak to us, O Lord. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Uh, by the way, you know it's Friday, so I'm going to challenge you at the end of the program. Get to church. Don't forget, if you need a church service, if you're not part of a church right now, you need a service to go to, maybe you want a, an additional service, we have the live prayer church online. Uh, we've had that service going now for, what, probably 15 years, I think. All you have to do is go to my homepage, but scroll to the bottom, the very bottom, and you'll see some links. One of those links says Live Prayer Church. We put a new service up every Sunday at midnight, okay? And I would uh, challenge you to uh, check us out. It's about a 25, 30-minute service. I'm not one of these guys that preaches for four hours um, because, number one, you're not going to listen to me for four hours, okay? I got that. I learned early. You know, when you're going through seminary and you're going through all the various classes in seminary on preaching and all that stuff, I figured out very quickly. They talk about three points. I found out quickly. If you can get people to listen to one point, one point, you're good. I need to uh, send a quick text to my tech. Everything's good, but I just need to, uh, something that you folks don't see, but I see, we need to uh, get taken care of. Hey, just hang on with me one second here because uh, this is something that uh, okay, good. All right, thank you. But uh, I learned I learned early on in my ministry one one point get people to understand one point and you're good. So. Uh, if you go to the homepage again of liveprayer.com, scroll to the bottom, and you'll see the uh, Live Prayer Church link, and that will uh, give you our service. We put a new service up every Sunday at midnight, so check it out. Also, don't forget, we have the TV program available in a podcast format. In other words, we strip out the, the sound. It's on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Just go to either one of those two podcast uh, hosting sites. They're the two biggest in the world. Just type in live prayer will pop up and uh, you can, about, it's usually about two hours every night after the program is over that we have the uh, podcast available. 
And again, it's a sound only, but uh, for some people, that's a good way to receive the program, right? Okay, so let me start tonight with next week. Next Wednesday, Joe Biden, after a year of being dissed, ignored, sending all of his underlings all the way to China, he's finally going to get a chance to sit down and meet with Chairman G. Now, please understand this. Chairman G owns Joe Biden and his family, okay? You cannot let that be forgotten for a second, all right? So everything that you watch next week has to be watched through the lens of the fact Chairman G owns Joe Biden and his family, all right? So as I share that with you, this will make more sense. There's a uh, Asian economic summit in, in San Francisco next week. Chairman G will be there. He is going to meet with Biden on Wednesday. By the way, I find it so interesting that San Francisco, this once beautiful, listen, I don't know what your experiences have been. I can tell you mine. Back in the, uh, back when I was in my own little world, back in the late 70s, early 80s, 90s, right? Before I got in the ministry. Late 80s. I was in the ministry in the 90s. But late, in the 70s, in the 80s. I ended up in San Francisco on business many times. One of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. Uh, I remember it was very expensive, <laughs> but very beautiful. And just a classic, classic city. For the last 10 years, that has not been the San Francisco I experienced. The last 10 years, it's been full of homeless people, drug addicts, needles scattered all over the place, human feces all over the street. Literally, literally this is not an exaggeration. And we're talking about in some of the most expensive and pristine areas of San Francisco. Crime is ridiculous. Major retail operations have moved out of San Francisco because of the crime. It is a dystopian nightmare. However, because Chairman G's coming to San Francisco next week, they have cleaned it up. I don't know what they did with the homeless people. I don't know what they did with the hundreds and thousands of tents up and down the streets. It looks like they cleaned the human feces off the streets. It looks like they picked up all the dirty needles off the street. And I saw a picture today of San Francisco that 
almost looked like what I remembered from the 70s and 80s. I guess my point is, if they want to clean these cities up, we know they can. So if they don't, it's because they have no desire to. Okay? So let me just make that point up front. So you got Biden and G next week. Let me tell you what's going to happen next week. Joe Biden is going to be on his hands and knees and he is going to capitulate and he is going to give in to everything Chairman G wants. Now, you need to understand something. And I've talked to you about this on the program many times. China is experiencing a very serious financial problem right now. It's because of the real estate industry. Just like we had that real estate bubble back in 07 and 08 that burst and caused major financial problems that we're still dealing with today, to be honest with you. That's where China is right now. Their real estate market was overblown, overbought, overleveraged, and they have a real financial issue. The only reason Chairman G is coming to San Francisco, just to be blunt with you, let me just be blunt with you, the one thing that people love about this program, I don't sit here and tickle your ears and, and you know massage your neck. You get it straight here. The reason Chairman G is coming here, he needs some financial help. And guess who he's coming to? That's right. The man he owns, Joe Robinette Biden Jr. Okay? That's why he's coming. Now, what's he looking for from Joe? Here you go. Here's what you're going to see next week. Now, you may not learn of this next week, but you will in the weeks following because at some point they won't be able to stop you from knowing what happened. All right? One of the only things that the Trump administration did that the Biden administration has not removed is the heavy tariffs on China. And it's not because they love Trump, trust me. It's because the economists in the Biden administration knew that they needed every penny they were getting from those Chinese tariffs because Biden had screwed our economy up so bad, so devastatingly bad. We need every penny we can get. However, Chairman G is going to tell Biden that, not ask, not, 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 say, Joe, please. He's going, to tell, he's going to tell Joe, Joe, the Trump tariffs are over. Okay? The part of the meeting next week is to take those Trump-era sanctions and tariffs 
of China, take them all. And Joel did. He is owned. He is Chairman G's do boy. He is nothing but his gopher at this point. Okay? That's why it's so critical that Comer and the Republicans get this information into the public domain so they can understand to the extent that this administration has been bought and paid for. All right? Now, what you're going to hear right away is how Chairman G has agreed to abide by climate standards. That's a lie. Chairman G will tell Biden all day, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Chairman G is building more coal-fired plants every month than any place in the world has ever built. Okay? He's not abiding by any climate standards. He's not stupid enough to destroy his country that way. But you're going to hear that. You're going to hear how Chairman G is going to be, you know, working towards these climate goals. Lie, lie, lie. Okay? Just so you know. Um, I will be shocked. I'm just going to tell you. One thing about this program, I, I lay it on the line. And hey, if I'm wrong, I'm the first one to tell you I'm wrong. But I will be shocked if in the next six months, G doesn't take Taiwan. One of the ways that you overcome a, a domestic financial problem is through war. I mean, think about it. What were the greatest years of prosperity in this country? The post-World War II era. 45, what, to 80 probably? Not only because Chairman G ultimately wants this as his legacy to, in his mind, reunify China. But also, he's got an economic goal and an economic uh, opportunity in taking over Taiwan. And I, and we're, we're, we're going to get into our two world wars in a minute. But my gut is, within the next six months, China will move on Taiwan. We're going to be in no position to help Taiwan, to save Taiwan, to give them any aid at all, China will retake Taiwan. And we're going to do virtually nothing as they do. Okay? Don't forget, too, G is backing Russia, and G is backing Iran. One of the reasons we have a war that we are embroiled in, whether you know it or not, in the Middle East, that's about to just explode exponentially in the coming weeks and months, okay? Is because the Trump tariffs or the Trump sanctions on Iran stopped China from buying Iranian oil. 
That's called strength. Trump told G, don't buy a drop of Iranian oil. If you do, it's not going to go well for you. And they didn't for the most part. However, once Biden took office, G started buying Iranian oil again at reduced prices. And in the process, not only supplied his energy needs, but filled Iran's coffers with billions of dollars they didn't have during the Trump years that they could use to conduct terror operations throughout the region and the world. Okay? Now, if Joe Biden was not bought and paid for in this meeting next week, he would ask Chairman G, what are you going to do to make things right for sending COVID to our country? You send it to the world, but right now, I'm only worried about what are you going to do to make us right? Okay? He's also going to ask Chairman G, why are you not stopping this relationship with the Mexican cartels that you are supplying fentanyl to that's killing 120,000 of our people every year? Okay? And third, he would be asking Chairman G, when are you going to stop invading the minds of our citizens with TikTok? Okay. Those are three very legitimate areas. Now, we can get into the Uyghurs and the human rights abuses. We know he's not going to go there. But three areas he should definitely be honed in on. COVID, fentanyl, and TikTok. As I sit here tonight, I can tell you without any hesitation at all, any hesitation at all, Joe Biden will not mention one word about COVID. He will not mention one word about fentanyl, and he will not mention one word about TikTok. Not a word. Guarantee you, I promise you as I sit here tonight, not a word. And of course, if he's not going to go there, he certainly isn't going to go to the Uyghur issue. So, we will welcome our greatest enemy, whose stated goal, stated goal, is to destroy our country. We're going to welcome him next week onto our soil like he's the king of the world. That's what's going to happen. But don't forget, never forget, as this unfolds next week, G owns Biden. He owns the U.S. academia. He owns U.S. corporations. He owns Hollywood and the entertainment industry. And he owns big tech. Those are facts. Why should he come here like a conquering hero? Because he is.
So I'm just preparing you because you are going to hear all the. It's Friday night. I'm on this TV program. Certainly words I would probably like to use. I can't. You are going to hear so much lies next week that they will make your head spin. Okay. The bottom line is G's coming here. And whatever you hear, just understand one thing. Biden will not challenge him on anything. He won't challenge him on COVID, on fentanyl, on TikTok, on the Uyghurs. You're going to hear probably how G's going to be a good corporate citizen on climate change. Lie. And it's going to be two to three weeks before you find out that Biden agreed to take off the Trump tariffs. Just saying. What you're going to hear next week is, oh, they had a nice meeting. They talked about this. They talked about that. Nothing special, blah, blah, blah. That's what you're going to hear. People are disgusting. They really are. Um, also, next week on Tuesday, there's a massive pro-Israel rally on the Washington Mall. Now, I assume, and I'm just saying that in all honesty, I assume that the government is going to be prepared for massive violence. Because if there is a major pro-Israel rally on the mall on Tuesday, I can guarantee you there's going to be a massive pro-Hamas counter-demonstration. Pray tonight that it does not just end up in just total violence. Because I could see that happening. I really could. Just pray it doesn't. Um, Pfizer. I told you that the top, the clock is ticking on Pfizer and Moderna and J&J as far as the scam they pulled on the world with these COVID vaccine boosters. We now know, we now know for a fact, Pfizer withheld the deaths of the deaths, the deaths of people from the vaccine trials for months and months from the FDA. Hit it from. And in that time, the FDA was telling people these vaccines, these boosters, they're safe, they work, they are exactly what you need to avoid being killed by COVID. And they knew all along that people were literally dying from the vaccines in their trials.
Trump gave a one-hour interview last night to Univision. Now, Univision is the major Spanish language news outlet or uh, TV station, okay? Their news is very liberal. They're kind of like the Spanish version of MSNBC, okay? But I got to admit, the interview they did with Trump last night was very fair. They didn't twist it. It was very accurate. And I got to tell you something. I think they understand that their audience is very pro-Trump. Trump, at this point in time, if the election was held today, he he would win the Hispanic vote. Now, that's unheard of. The Democrats are used to at least a 20 to 30 point advantage with Hispanics. They're used to a 90-10 advantage with blacks. Okay, At worst, 92 is kind of their average. In other words, they get 92% of the black vote. They over, they beat the Republicans by about 30 points with Hispanics. If the if the uh, election was held today, Trump would win his win Hispanics by about five percent. And if it was held today, he would get about twenty percent of the black vote. I'm telling you, some folks, and this is why I keep telling you: watch for something next summer. That would that would give Biden an excuse to declare martial law, just like Zelensky did recently, and postpone the election. Because I'm telling you, I do not think at this point in time, based on the numbers we're watching right now, that they could even cheat enough to steal from Trump at this point. Plus, here's another point you got. You got another real interesting thing going on. You've got um, a real wild card. I guess that's the best way to put it. Real wild card in this coming election because you've got um, who you got? You got. Cornell West, he's running as an independent, right? You've got um, Jill Stein. She's running. She's running as the Green Party candidate. Okay. You got RFK Jr. running as an independent. And as of yesterday, you've got the very real possibility you're going to have a no labels party with Manchin and Romney as the ticket. Now, just so you understand, the Manchin-Romney ticket knows that they cannot become, they're never going to get elected. Their, Their goal is, because Romney's part of the satanic Mormon cult, 
their goal is to use Romney to try to steal votes that Trump would normally get from places like Utah and Nevada and maybe even Arizona. I don't think it's going to be successful, just saying. But the point being is you're going to have some... Now, here's, here's, the, here's the problem all these people have. The more of these third parties you've got running, the more fractured the vote gets, right? And that makes it easier for Trump with his solid base of about 40% to waltz into the presidency. Let me tell you something. The only reason you had a Bill Clinton presidency was because of Ross Perot. Ross Perot took enough votes from George W. Uh, George H. W. Bush, Daddy Bush, that it allowed Clinton with about what was it, forty three percent, maybe? I think forty three percent. He didn't get forty five percent of the vote. He got about forty three. But it was enough because the fractured vote because of Perot, it gave him the it gave him the presidency. So you got all these people that, for whatever reason, are running for president. It's going to fracture the vote. And because Trump's base is strong and immovable, it could easily waltz him right into the White House. And trust me, the Democrats are, are being driven mad right now because they're not stupid and they know this. And they know... It's things like this that no matter how much they cheat, it's not going to make any difference. How about that? The next time you hear Joe Biden, you know, whenever you hear him next, it'll be the time. The next time you hear Joe Biden, tell him how great Bidenomics is, how great the Biden economy is, right? Remember what I'm about to tell you. This year, actually last week, you had the third major Burger King franchisee this year go bankrupt. Now, when I'm talking about major franchisees, this particular franchisee had 172 Burger King stores, okay? You had one earlier this year, I think had 124. And earlier in the year, I think there was a franchisee with 169 that went bankrupt, okay? The point being is, if you had, if you were a major franchisee, a Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell's, whatever. I mean, that was like printing money. Because at the end of the day, people had to eat something. At the end of the day, they would always end up at Wendy's or Burger King or McDonald's. They can't afford to even go to fast food anymore. You think these franchises are going bankrupt for nothing? People cannot even... Let me tell you something. 
You've got places in this country right now where a McDonald's Big Mac meal, okay, which is a Big Mac, large fries, large drink, $18. Now, I get it. I'm older. I'm 65. I remember back when I was in high school in the early 70s, stopping by McDonald's on the way home and picking up a couple cheeseburgers and a fry and a drink and I don't know what it cost me, three, four dollars? I don't know. I got it. I got it. That was like 500 years ago. I get it. But when fast food joints are now pricing people out of touch, going bankrupt. I mean, again, Burger King franchisees going bankrupt is not a major economic indicator. That's not what you're going to hear from a, your Department of Labor Statistics or uh, the financial statistics people on the on the CNBC or the Fox Business Channel. Okay? But it's like I told you last week. When you've got Estee Lauder, Maybelline, okay, these these major makeup companies that are losing tons of money because people just aren't buying their products. When women aren't buying their makeup, you got a problem in your economy. When people, when you've got fast food joints like Burger King going bankrupt, that's a problem. And we've talked about the other, some of the other issues. Record credit card debt over a trillion dollars. Um, record car repossessions. We're now work. We're now getting closing in on record uh, home foreclosures. But I tell you, the one, the, the the one that I've always zeroed in on is the twenty-seven or twenty-eight percent of people that either are behind or simply can't pay their cell phone bill. Because I got to tell you something: when people are paying, I will listen. A woman is going to skip every meal for two days before she quits buying her makeup. Most people are going to skip every meal for three days before they don't pay their cell phone bill. Okay? These are economic indicators. These are real-life indicators of an economy that isn't in the toilet. I mean, it's in the sewer already. By the way, Fox News, if you like Ron DeSantis, don't watch Fox anymore because they're done with DeSantis. They've already realized he's done. They're, they're, they're golden child now. Neocon Nikki. Oh, she did so good on the debate. She got the surge and she's coming on. She's, good. she's still 50 points behind Trump. But that's their new golden child. Just letting you know. Let you know.
Um, NBC, it's been funny the last few days. They hosted the Republican debate the other night. And as much as conservatives and Republicans rightly ripped the RNC for getting involved with NBC that hates them, NBC's being ripped by other corporate media operations for partnering with Salem Broadcasting, Hugh Hewitt, and with Rumble. And I'm going to be honest with you. I I will tell you, listen, I don't have anything to gain by telling you something that's not true or I don't believe. I'm telling you, they did not do a bad job the other night. Lester Holt, Kristen Welker, uh, they did, I think they did a very fair job. They did not try the gotcha stuff. I think the questions they asked were legitimate. And uh, I just just want to say, um, there's a new kids book out for your parents and grandparents letting you know. The name of the book is called Neither. Neither. It is written for three-year-olds. And its goal of the book, the reason it was written, is to encourage three-year-olds to be Non-binary. Non-binary. In other words, start them at three years old questioning what their gender is. Now, I'm telling you this tonight because I want you to know this is out there and it's being pushed in a big way. If you got a kid in like uh, preschool or anything like that, you better check because my guess is they probably have neither in that preschool. I'm just saying. But I want to I, I want to share this with you for another reason tonight as well. I get emails all the time when I talk about things like this. People say, "What parents going to let them their kids, you know, be involved in that kind of stuff, folks?" This is what most Christians do not understand. You don't get it. We now have the better percentage of three generations who've never been in church, have no faith foundation whatsoever. And that earliest generation, they're now parents. Let me ask you a question. You got all this brouhaha about the kids going to, you know, drag drag queen story hour and drag queen brunch and all that. How do you think these little kids are getting there? We think they're calling up Uber? Riding their bike down to these things? They're being taken to these things by their parents. This is... And I understand. I got it. I got it. Especially for Christian parents, it's hard to comprehend. But you've got to understand something. At an elementary school age, you've got to realize probably 70%. Listen to me now. Don't dismiss this. 
If you've got a kid in elementary school, 70% of those parents are in total agreement with the whole trans, drag queen, all this overt sexualization kids. They're the ones that are telling these kids when they're a little boy, you're really a little girl. You've got to understand this. These kids don't know any better. It's their parents who are pushing them. And I understand, listen, I get it. You know, for godly, traditional value, Christian parents, it's inconceivable how this happens. But you've got to understand, it's happening because the parents, your peers, are pushing their kids down this road. Willingly. You've got to come to that realization before it's ever going to make sense to you. Because again, you know, I sit here, I, I understand, and again, probably 60% of this audience is probably 50 and over, okay? okay I, know, I know my demographics. And I sit here and talk about a, a children's book called Neither, geared to three-year-old, to be non-binary. And I've got 60% of my audience just shakes their head, and they, 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 it just blows through them because they can't even fathom it. You've got to understand that the parents of these three-year-old kids, over 70% of them, maybe 80%, never been to church a day in their life, have no faith foundation whatsoever. Their views, their beliefs have been totally shaped by this godless fallen world. And they're the ones that are more than happy to push their children in this direction. Got to understand that. The Democrats are looking to put abortion measures in every swing state in 2024. Now, why would they do that? Because they know it juices up their turnout. And they know they're going to have a problem with turnout in 2024. So just be prepared. And like I told you the other night, this is not a hard issue. You just have to talk about it. Like I'm talking to you tonight. Frankly, up front, you're not the extremists they are. They're the ones killing babies. They're the ones killing children. And, and they want to talk about, well, it's an embryo, it's, it's a clop of cell. Yeah, what about in nine months where it's ready to come out of the birth canal and, and spank his little behind and he's crying? He's a, right up to that moment, they want to kill those, those pilled children. That's what these people do. They're the extremists. And quit letting them get away with weasel words. I, I tell you these weasel words so you understand when you hear them to shoot them down. It's not women's health care. It's killing babies. It's not a woman's right to choose. It's butchering babies. It's not between a woman and a doctor. 
Uh, it might be between a woman and doctor, but what about that third person? The innocent child you're talking about killing and murdering. That's how you have to deal with this. They're the extremists, not us. Whether you know it or not, we are in two wars tonight. We started that war in Ukraine to try to get rid of Putin. We are totally controlling that war. It will only last as long as we say it lasts. And sadly, we've got bases all throughout Syria and, and uh, Iraq. They're being attacked every day now. We are going to be at war very quickly in the Middle East. Understand that. Okay, just understand that tonight. And of course, the neocons in both parties, the Pentagon, the military industrial complex, Dwight D. Eisenhower warned us about in his, his uh, farewell speech in 1960, they couldn't be happier after four years of peace during the Trump era. January 6th, You've been lied to about January 6th. You were told it was an insurrection. Not an insurrection. It was a fedsurrection in the sense that it was a federal operation. But you need to be praying tonight. Listen to me carefully. You need to be praying tonight over this weekend that we don't have a real insurrection. You know, I love how the Democrats project, project, project. They might be projecting a nightmare on this country. I would not be so I would not be shocked for a second if there's not a million, one million military age Muslims in this country that at some point seek to take this country over. I in all of my 65 years, nearly 66 years this February, I never thought for a second that would even, I could even fathom a country invading our country and, and winning a war and taking us over. There could be a million-man Muslim army in this country right now preparing to try to take over this country. If you don't want to believe it, that's fine. Um, one last thing. One of the things I've been chatting with you about over these last months, it's about how all countries are way down on their number of births, right? The, the birth numbers are you know, exponentially down in most every country right now. And in 20 years, that's going to become a real problem because it's, I mean, you need a certain number of people just to run daily operations, you know, get bread into the stores and 
you know, drugs in the shells. And I mean, I'm just saying you need a certain number of people, you know, to fly planes and, and just do the jobs that all these people do every day, right? And if you're 10, 20% down in your birth rate, you're not going to have enough people to run things in 20 years, 30 years, right? Well, China, China, always China, China is in the process of looking to figure out that problem in their country through creating any generation of robots. And anybody that's been watching this program, you know I've been talking to you about this now for eight years or so, they're looking at literally creating a generation of robots, like 10 million robots, build 10 million robots. They'll do like basic jobs or whatever so that it will supplement for the lack of human beings being born. I'm just sharing this with you folks just so you can kind of get an idea of where things are at. This world is like sideways, upside down. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I am working every day with every breath I have to see this country come back to God and His truth that we can get some semblance of order in 2024. And I admit, I've got a selfish motive. I'm 65. I know I might, what, what, at best, maybe 30 years, at best 30 years, more likely 20 years, maybe 10 years. Okay. I mean, it's just, re it's just reality, right? I would love to see the last years of my life in a country that I've grown to know and love for the last 65 years, not some dystopian nightmare that none of us could even imagine. But you know what? When God sends his wrath and punishment on a nation for their sins and wickedness, that's what you end up with. So nothing else, even, even just from a selfish standpoint, we need to do all we can to bring this country to its knees, to repentance, so that God can bless us again. So, I've given you a lot tonight to pray about this weekend. I pray you will get enjoy your weekend. I pray the weather's nice where you're at. Obviously, if you're a football fan, you'll have some great games this weekend to enjoy. Hope your favorite team wins, unless your favorite team is Michigan State, just saying. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, and if not, whatever your things you like to do, gardening, whatever you like to do, it's still that time of year where those things are possible. Get out, enjoy the, enjoy the weekend, eat some good food, get to church, please, okay? 
and, uh, and pray. Country needs God now more than we've ever needed God. And you know what the problem is? Most of the people, because they've never even walked into a church door in their life, don't even know how bad we need God right now. But his people must know, and we must lead the charge. Amen? All right, before we get out of here tonight, if you never made a decision for Christ, I want to give you a chance to do that right now, because when this brief journey is over, all that matters is you have a relationship with Jesus. If you've never made that decision... I encourage you, make it tonight. There's no reason not to because it's the decision that will ensure your eternity with God, your creator. Pray with me now. Dear Lord, I come to you this night asking for your forgiveness. Lord, tonight I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Lord, this night I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you now and forevermore. I am yours. Use me for your glory. I ask and pray in Jesus' name. And my friend, if you prayed, you meant it. The Bible says you're saved. Not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. I have a book I'll send you. It won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you right away. If you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate to email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. All right, love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight. Have a blessed weekend. Have a wonderful weekend at church. Don't forget, if you need a service, you can always go to the live prayer church on our website. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you back here to start a new week, Monday night, 11 o'clock Eastern. God bless you. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Times are hard and you're not strong I know the answer for you And it will